Shop Talk today looks at the 10 things you should probably always buy used. This is the focus group. They're all business, except when they're not. It's the focus group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Welcome to the focus group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is the site where you're going to learn about us our partners, and our Tuesday podcast, TFG Unbuttoned. If you're already on an audio feed like Spotify or Apple's uh, podcast or Pandora, you're probably already getting it. And if you're not, start following along and get both shows, The Focus Group and TFG Unbuttoned. Uh, We're brought to you every week by our friends at Deep Discount. We're going to visit with them later on. That's the incredible movie. Well, it's a destination for most everything you want to buy, but we specifically look at movies this week. So, Mr. Bennett, we are sliding into August, uh, one of my favorite months of the year, along with September, my other favorite month of the year. August is a favorite month? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's usually a good month. Uh, July is always the dog days, right? Like, we get these heat waves oh, see, and all I this stuff I think August is. I think August is miserable. Really? I do. Well, I think it's just me. Maybe it's different down here, but or up, up there. But it's just, uh, August to me is kind of, I don't like August because I don't like Sunday. So for me, like August, August, is, August is the Sunday of summer. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's the last day of the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. So for me, August is a Sunday, so that's why I don't like it. I like July. July is a Saturday of summer. Mm. June, Good. June and, would be and, the know, Friday. June is kind of the Friday. Friday's Everybody's yeah. going crazy. Yeah, moving up. Get, yeah, moving up. Yeah. June, <laughs> July, August. Sa- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. This is a new one on me. This, uh, you know. Hey, by the way, Bob and I were listening to an earlier show. And uh, we were talking about, you know, my gift for Gab, and I can't leave a room without saying goodbye. And then you were bringing up the, the time we were at a, uh, a funeral, and funeral, your mom yeah. and dad were there. And I started talking to your dad about wood and <laughs> cord cutting, and, and you, you, everybody's like, let's move. Let's right. get my going. mother and Bob and me are like, John, let's go. <laughs> I was like, boy, this is a bad But meanwhile, your dad's. Give me good tips. Yeah, bad on matchup. How to cut wood and stack for the winter. Yeah, no, he he loved it. We always learned when my dad would say goodbye to company. There was, it was another at least. He'd walk them out to the car, and there was another twenty to twenty-five minute conversation mm-hmm. saying goodbye. As my mother was cleaning up the you know kitchen and getting you know, stuff put away. So, but <laughs> well, then he was the ambassador, right? No, oh, yeah, no, he loved he loved to chat and loved to visit, loved to socialize. So, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, no, that, that's, uh, I, I learned that one time when we were in P-Town traveling and you bumped into somebody he hadn't seen in a million years. And Bob said, yeah, it's best to just keep walking. He'll eventually catch up. Because <laughs> I was waiting, like, what is he Bob, doing here? Bob, it's, it's best to yeah, keep walking. Just sometimes walking. just keep walking. He'll catch up. <sighs> so otherwise, you'll stand there forever. Man. Yeah. What are friends for? Although, Tim, you and I also learned that Bob could be easily manipulated as well. That, that little thing i used to do in the grocery store that oh well that was mean yeah and then he would like react and then you kept saying to him if you want him to stop if you want john to stop doing this stop being the best audience right <laughs> i heard that line come up several years later our friend's daughter madeline was sitting next to me playing with my ipad on the porch and i had just learned that her star english tutor <laughs> i just learned about her english tutor and i started making fun of it and and her father was the only one really like laughing and she's finally like dad 
And he keeps saying, stop it, stop it, stop it. It's like, Dad, if you want to stop, stop laughing. You're his best audience. Well, it was a great listen. And that, 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 that's, that, it was a good one, John. You, you were right on spot with that one. So I still laugh about that one. The English tutor. <laughs> uh, so uh, if you're new to the show, uh, here's how it goes. We, we catch up a little bit like we're doing now. We uh, drop into a segment called Caught My Eye. Uh, Tim invented this segment. It actually comes from his grandmother, he, who used to insist that he and his brother bring things to the dinner table from the news they were reading or anything that they that caught yeah, their disgust. eye. Disgust. Yeah, <laughs> that had to be discussed. And then we visited with our partner, Deep Discount. Take a quick break. We have a business birthday today, the only show in the universe that does business birthdays. And then, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have a shop talk for you called The 10 Things You Should Always Buy Used. I like this article, uh, as you can tell, because I'm smiling. So, um, hey, Mr. Bennett, without further ado, what caught your eye? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. So I, I saw this on CNN, and it's, uh, the headline is, Gay Water, a new canned cocktail wants to be the anti-Bud Light. So I, I tried to figure out what this is, and uh, sure enough, I'd never heard vodka and soda being called gay water. Have you? Uh, no, no. It must be something nationally or or in other regions of the country, whatever. But so there's this, uh, there's a, a guy who's uh, named Spencer Hodson. And uh, although I'm, I'm saying it that way, his name was spelled two different ways. I've noticed lately as a sidebar and a lot of these digital stories, the spelling is really, and the grammar has oh, gone off the root. Does anybody proofread? Does anybody even fact check? Well, anyway. <laughs> yeah, my favorite one was folks, F-O-L-X. Um <laughs> And this one, the guy's last name, H-O-D-D-E-S-O-N, is spelt wrong two different places. Okay. But um, so he's the creator of what um, Spencer uh, Hodson, I'll call him, is the uh, inventor or creator of this new beverage called Gay Water, which is essentially vodka soda in a can. And he's, he's uh, directly, um, unabashedly, he says he's designed this as a pop art, um, not so much rainbows or whatever, but a pop art can that says very boldly um gay water on it and um he's starting right now it's mostly an online product but he wants to try to get distribution in a bunch of distributors and grocery stores and places where you would buy uh, alcoholic beverages and he's he's calling it the anti uh bud light because he was angry he said about the fact that anheuser-busch did not stand behind um dylan mulvaney and the whole controversy we've discussed here many times about um, about uh, Bud Light and the anti-LGBTQ ba- uh, backlash. So he's done this gay water. It's um, They said this canned alcohol uh, phenomenon has really uh, happened a lot with seltzer lately. White Claw is an example as a brand. Although they said sales are cooling off a bit in that category, it's still a $2.2 billion industry. And one of the experts says that... Um, they they believe there's a place for this if he can actually direct and target um, to the LGBTQ consumer. He's using gay as an overall umbrella like we used to do in the 90s. And uh, so he said it's for everybody. And uh, they said they do believe it's a top-heavy category, but they, they do believe you could find a niche similar to what craft beers have done. So there's the big, large beer holding in you know, a big Michelob or Coors Light or something, and then you would have these little craft um, beers. So they said that there's room for that there. So they're, they're thinking he can be a success with it. Um, there's also two other products out on the market called Gay Beer and Gay Rosé. I was not familiar with either of those. 
Mm-mm. And are yeah. they're also they're also trying to gain market share within the the uh, they're calling it the queer community, LGBTQ plus. I you and I have had some of these canned cocktails before. I will say that maybe in a pinch or if you're at the beach or somewhere, maybe it might be okay. But I am mm-hmm. not a fan. No, you and I tried a bunch of uh, like I think it was vodka and, and gin and tonics. Gin tonics. Yeah, and they were the canned variety. The thing that, just to go back to your earlier part of the story, he's starting this as mostly an online thing? Well, right now, because he's trying to get distribution. That's with any of, you know, the beverage distribution thing is very difficult. So it says, for now, Gay Water is sold largely online with very few retailers and comes in four sugar-free flavors, watermelon, lime, peach, and grapefruit is what's launching this week. Six packs with a single flavor cost $18.25. Wow. A 12-pack with a variety is thirty six fifty. So you're not making a small investment. No. And then that's when it said, you know, a lot of these spiked seltzers um, have done well, but uh, they said that category is cooling a little bit. So I don't, uh, I know a lot of the young, younger kids, quote unquote, are drinking, the 20s, 20-somethings are drinking a lot of the uh, spiked seltzers, but uh, I don't know too many other people. We had bought one done by Kettle One. Not that that's important, but we had bought a four pack of it, and it was um, some pink grapefruit flavor vodka thing. We drank a half of one and threw the rest away, which is <laughs> unlike me because usually I think, well, so maybe somebody will come drink it, but it just you know tasted like ass. It was horrible. You have to get the flavor right. You yeah. didn't really nail the flavor, and that's why if you make your own vodka vodka tonic at home, for example, you have your preferred tonic, you have your preferred vodka, and they're going to get a flavor that you like. So I. I, I agree with you, though. Beach outing, picnic, yeah. going to a concert. Maybe you want something in the cooler, and this is a great way to support the community as well. Good luck on the shelf space, though. You and I both know yeah. the liquor industry very well, and it's all about distribution. Yep. It's all about that, that important shelf space or cooler space, whatever that may be. You'll see that on Shark Tank, too. That's what they always talk about. Mm-hmm. They talk about that, right? They'll talk yeah. about the how, how are you going to do this, how are you going to get the promotion done. Because it's all about, it's, it's about sell, 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 and unit, moving units. Yep. Mine is very different, although it, it does follow a bit of a pattern with me in terms of like people stumbling on things that are worth millions of dollars. <laughs> Got to find a Powerball ticket. Exactly, exactly. So mine is this. A, uh, a Kentucky man finds a hoard oh of Civil War gold coins worth millions in a cornfield. In a cornfield, okay? The 800 gold coins date back from 1840 to 1863 and may have been buried as a result of the state's declaration of neutrality during the war. So uh, this guy digs up 800 gold coins in a Kentucky cornfield. Um, and I wonder how he found Gov- them. I, you know, either he was farming and the, yeah. the, the implement hit the box or something. But according to government.com, the gold coins, which have been called the Great Kentucky Hoard, consist of the following $1 gold Indian coins, $10 gold Liberty coins, and $20 gold Liberty coins, as well as a few 1863 gold Liberty double eagles, which government.com said are a super rare date that is scarce wow. in all grades. The most amazing discovery in this hoard is about 18, 1863-P, $20 gold Liberty coins, one of the rarest dates in the $20 Liberty series. This is a coin that often commands a six-figure price. Okay, so 
Wow. Each coin commands a six-figure price, and this guy has a stash of 800, and 18 of them are this kind of thing. Upon certification uh, that you know that these are real, they're they're now going on the auction block, and um, it is estimated that one coin alone, one of these these coins, rare coins, yeah, uh, the Gold Liberty Double Eagle is going to sell for three hundred and eighty-one thousand dollars. So wow. they're calling this thing a hoard in the millions, but they're not sure exactly how much this could go because coin collectors are like scratching at the can. <laughs> For That's these unbelievable. God, can you yeah. imagine the fortune? I wonder what, you had to be right. There had to be something, digging up something, and you can come across this. Yep. Which makes you think that there's probably gold buried everywhere. Start digging up your yard. <laughs> or uh, start ripping the backs of old paintings off to see if you can find a Declaration <laughs> of Independence, right? I always say that, like, you know, let's yeah. find the Declaration of Independence. They don't give the guy's name in here, the oh, guy of course the not. who... No, and I thought that was actually smart because when you start reading this and you see how many rare coins he actually has in the hoard, you're like, okay, this is like someone who wins the lottery. They actually take steps to protect their identity before they actually go say, I have the lottery, the winning ticket. I thought um, you were going to say that the, the state then claimed it or the, you know, someone, I, I thought, I guess if it was on state property, they might claim it, but um, that's what I thought you were going with this, is that it was all taken by the government. Because a lot of times when people find these things, don't they always say, well, that's really, it was stolen from this museum or it belonged oh to this. Oh, my God. Totally. You could imagine someone swooping in and saying, well, this was from the museum over in Kentucky right. or in Tennessee, and it's not really yours. It's stolen property, but you found it. You know, <laughs> yeah, This was from a you know, Wells Fargo wagon that was you know, hijacked on its way to San Francisco through Kentucky, and somebody stole this. Uh-huh. But someone back in the day buried this because yeah. of the Civil War and because of the state's neutrality, et cetera. And I guess when you think about it, the North was the, was the well, the North represented the United States. And as such, the U.S. Mint was officially creating these coins. Right. But if you lived in Kentucky, I suppose these might not have value only for the gold, but if they were stamped as the U.S. Mint during the Civil War, it might, you know what I mean? This yeah. Confederate Union, the whole thing. Yeah, well, that's a good one. I didn't see that story, but that's... Uh, now, I have a... Yeah, this, this one caught my eye, like, immediately. I'm like, I want to go to the garden now. Oh, the only thing we ever find is little pieces of glass. I find, like, an old bullet, like, <laughs> one day. Like, from a musket. Who knows what? <laughs> it's just crazy. Hey, as I uh, mentioned at the top of the show, Deep Discount is a partner of ours here on The Focus Group, and we would like for you to shop at their site by going to ours, focusgroupradio.com, and clicking on the Deep Discount logo. Sharky, and he'll get you to Deep Discount, which has tons of stuff, not just books and movies, but they also, movies and CDs and TV shows, but also books and games and toys. Everything you want to find there is there. So this week, um, one of my favorite sales, The Golden Age of Hollywood, uh, that covers a number of years and a number of wonderful studios that were putting on amazing titles during this air, air quote, Golden Age of Hollywood. So with that said, Mr. Bennett, what did you pick? So, um, yes, you can own your passion at Deep Discount. And so I, I, you know, there were lots of great things. I, I'm with you at the Golden Age of Hollywood sale. And there were a couple of things I picked, but then I settled back on... I haven't seen this one before, but uh, I settled back on the best of Warner Brothers 100th Looney Tunes Complete Platinum Collection. Only because, and this was just released. It was released in April of this year in 2023. So this is a new one. The original air dates for these were uh, as early as 1942. 
it's six discs and uh, it's for 25.29 and includes all of the all of the characters from Looney Tunes from Bugs Bunny to the Tasmanian Devil to um <laughs> What was the what was the Martian? Remember the Martian? Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian. Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> Daffy Duck. Porky Pig. Foghorn Leghorn. So, what <sighs> what I thought was interesting about this is that a lot of these now are are have been either taken off the market or they're not going to be allowed. For instance, Pepe Le Pew, um, they're pulling a lot of the discs yep. in some places because they think he was too um, womanizer. Womanizer from you know yep. the Me Too movement, but uh, not that we approve of it. But it's a cartoon. So, and a lot of the, the the movies and things I think you uh, should be able to get or find, but I thought stuff like this may not be around forever, so that's why I picked this uh, Warner Brothers Looney Tunes collection. I couldn't agree more, and you heard me laughing when you started to mention the different characters, because you and I have relationships with every single character. Yeah. Uh, for example, my dad was a huge, huge fan of Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, I like I say, I say, I say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Well, he was always trying to, you know, do the homespun logic and always ended up the little one always made him look like a fool. Probably just like <laughs> you and your dad. We're going to drive down here. No, dad, you're going the wrong way. Dad, don't listen to me, young man. I'm a, I've got many years in you. I don't, I've got a map in my head. I say, I say, I say, whoa, 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 boy, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, they, brilliant. Brilliant. This is a good pick. I'm glad you picked this one. I actually have two titles. One will be a quick one, but the first one is The Stranger, um, and that stars Orson Welles. Academy Award-nominated thriller follows his character, Orson Welles plays Franz Kindler, a Nazi fugitive hiding out as a professor in a small Connecticut town. So for Tim and I, Connecticut, you know, how? oh, wow. When his new wife, played by Loretta Young, begins to suspect his past, a detective, Edward G. Robinson, I mean, look at this cast, right? Yeah. Sets out to uncover his identity. Uh, there's a couple of bonus features, and I believe this is a Kino, yeah, Kino Lorber release. Interesting studio. You can actually shop by studio as well at uh, Deep Discount, and they have a lot of titles they release. So The Stranger, starring Orson Welles, if you haven't seen it, it's a must-have. It's only 2307 on Blu-ray. And then just because I saw it in the golden age of Hollywood, Reefer Madness. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I missed that one. Were we just talking about this the other day, Tim? Yeah. Uh, somehow it came up we were talking about marijuana for some reason and this was like the movie they would show everybody to get you scared about it it's only 838 (laughs) why not go out and get it it's reefer madness and you probably get free shipping if you get one or two or three of the titles we're recommending (laughs) and the new title this week is a movie i've not heard of but it's called love again and it actually stars uh celine dion playing herself in her first film role uh, but it also stars Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Uh, now, she's the wife of, uh, what's the Jonas brother? Um, Nick Jonas. So it's a, what if a random text message led to the love of your life? In this romantic comedy dealing with the loss of her fiance, Mira Ray, which is played Priyanka, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, sends a series of romantic texts to his old cell phone number, not realizing the number was reassigned to Rob Burns, mm-hmm. who plays is a guy named Sam Hugan, new work phone. And it goes from there. Um, that actually com- is a com- funny... comedy ensues. Sam, comedy ensues, and it's actually a funny premise. The idea of using someone's or sending these messages and stuff. I I could see how this would go. Well, I keep getting. I must have somebody's old cell phone in from Georgia because I keep getting calls all the time asking for um, a woman's name and the same phone number, and it, it aggravates me. And I keep saying, if I, I finally say she's dead, <laughs> but they still I got call. a good one for you, Tim. For the past twenty. 
four years, every now and then we get a call for a woman who used to live in our last apartment who apparently skipped out on tons of debt (laughs) because we get this call and it's a debt collector. And like, do you know where she is? I'm like, look, I'm going to make your life simple that she hasn't had this number for years and years. You're one of the 50th people who have called to collect on the debt. You know, who knows how they bundle this stuff and pass it on from collection agency to collection agency. But imagine snooping this down. Anyway, back to deep discount. Yeah. She'd say she's, yeah, she, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me put her on. I'll put her on. Click. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. So this, that's not the plot of Love Again, by the way. No. Love Again is different. <laughs> Love, exactly. So uh, as John mentioned, it's um, a great sale going on right now at Deep Discount. It's the golden age of Hollywood sale. And you get to Deep Discount by going to our site, focusgroupradio.com, and clicking on the Deep Discount logo, where you can own your passion. I, this week, picked the best of Warner Brothers 100th Looney Tunes Complete Platinum Collection, all six Mm -hmm. discs just released this past April. John picked a couple of great classics. Uh, the Stranger with Orson Welles and Reefer Madness, which uh, I'm going to have to get that because, well, you have to have it. And then the new release this week, uh, starring Celine Dion, Celine. Yeah. is uh, Love Again. And uh, so again, thanks to Deep Discount, and uh, be sure to uh, support them because they support us. And uh, you get there again by going to focusgroupradio.com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have our business birthday, and we have a list that could have been probably a Tim's list back in the day, but Mm -hmm. a number of things that you should buy, consider buying used rather than new. So stay with us. Yeah, you're right. That could have been a Tim's list, come to think of it. That would have been a perfect Tim's list. Yeah. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Now, back to the focus group with Tim and John. Available pretty much everywhere. Welcome back to the focus group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is all you need to know about us. That's our website. And Tim's social media is focus group radio as well, correct? Right, right. And then one of them <laughs> is the focus group, which is alive also. and well. Right. And there's also, you know, the Bulwark has a show called the focus group, uh, but you have to pay for that. So, um, and they just started it, even though we've been around for 15 years, but, um, <laughs> we should trade, you can't, I, we wanted to trademark this, but you know, the, the, the term focus group has been around forever. So yeah. it's like, yeah. So I don't know. So yeah. Mr. Bennett, uh, as I promised the only show in the universe with a business birthday, everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the focus group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Born today, July 26th in 1905, was John W. Tyson, an American businessman and the founder of the American multinational corporation Tyson Foods, and, uh, which he ran from 1935 until his death in 1967. He died at 61. He and his wife were broadsided by a train at them. They must have been on the tracks. And uh, that's how he died. But of course, whoa, how whoa, 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 whoa. I was going to ask you this later on. They were both in a car together, I guess. Is that the Yeah, so they were um they were in a car and the uh train had broadsided them. They got hit by a speeding train in nineteen sixty seven. Wow. And so I I think it's somewhat oddly, but at the company's headquarters to this day there's a replica of his office and it's maintained with a clock on the wall stopped at the moment of his death. Oh, so that is okay. 
Okay. Interesting, right? And his family's still, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit, but his family is still uh, involved, his you know, great-grandchildren and so forth with the company. The, uh, according to company lore, uh, he was a truck driver, and he ran out of gas in Springdale, Arkansas, and decided to settle there. So while he was settling there, he used to haul hay, fruit, and chickens around for several years. And uh, he wasn't able to make enough money uh, around Arkansas just moving that, that stuff around. And, but he heard that chickens were selling uh, well in some of the big cities in the north. So he took his life savings and bought a truckload of chickens and drove them to Chicago. And uh, they sold for a higher price. He did that again, and then he did it again and again and bought several more trucks and became the leading supplier of chickens in several major cities across the Midwest. He said he made enough money that he was able to uh, you know, pay off debts and, and survive, so he started running these chickens from Arkansas, Arkansas North. He said in 1935, he was unable to purchase enough chickens to supply the roots, so he began raising his own chickens. And because he was raising his own chickens, he had to also start and making his own feed, milling feed. So Tyson Feed and Hatchery opened its first processing plant. And uh, they went public, uh, opened in 1957, went public in 63. He turned down an offer uh, to be bought out by Swanson Foods. He decided to persist and stay with it. And uh, he was tragically killed in 1967. Um, but uh, currently, um, Tyson's Foods, since 1971, is the world's largest beef processing firm, America's second largest chicken supplier, and a leader in all of pork production. So uh, his, his drive from uh, growing up in Missouri and then running out of gas in Arkansas and deciding to haul fruits and vegetables and hay and chickens led to uh, led to Tyson's Foods. And a, uh, a very odd um, story, which was attached to this, it says John R. Tyson. So this is John W. Tyson. John R. Tyson pleads guilty after waking up in college students' bed. This was January of this year. So he's the CFO of Tyson, and he's the great-grandson of John W. But apparently he was uh, wandering around uh, the University of Arkansas and ended up in some co-ed's bed at uh, 32 years old. Now, he's got quite the body and quite the looker, uh, I will say. Uh, so, wait a minute. This, it's like you read my mind. As you were getting to the end of his biography, I was going to ask you if John W. Tyson and his wife had any kids prior to this tragic accident yeah. at the train. Apparently he did, and this is the this is great the great grandson. Son, okay. Yeah, there's a number of people involved in the company that took over, and uh, so it's it stayed it stayed very much a family business, even though as big as they are. And so the great grandson worked, went to Harvard, Stanford, uh, got a degree in economics, uh, investment was an investment banker at J.P. Morgan, but left and became a CFO uh, after he you know got his chops um, out on the outside world and joined Tyson Foods, the homes or the family's business. And uh, they said he was um, confused and wandering around the campus at the University of Arkansas and ended up in a college-age female's room. Mm. So they don't That's quite, very confusing, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't quite understand why he was there. They said he did smell of alcohol prior to the arrest. They show him in the bed. He's all snuggled in uh, this woman's bed just in his boxer shorts. Um, they, they can't quite figure out how he got there, what he was doing there, what's going on. He said he was embarrassed by the whole thing. He was confused. He was embarrassed, and this is not the culture of the company, of course, and uh, he apologized and was going to be going to rehab for alcohol. Uh, alcohol rehab. I guess that, 
I guess that swipes the whole waking up in a co-ed's uh, bed. Yeah, he said he was embarrassed. Right. Drug. Yeah, he was embarrassed by his personal conduct. It doesn't, you know, reflect on the company. He was uh, so after he was arrested, they uh, he had to do community, so he had to pay a hundred fifty dollar fine, and he had some community service, and then he had another fine for four hundred and forty dollars. But and since no one complained about his behavior, and since he didn't assault anybody, it, it's one of those question marks, right? Yeah, like what was was he uh, was he there for an event for something that? Can I ask you, you something? Sure. You, you and I have gone, we've been to parties, we've both gone through college. Have you ever been that drunk that you didn't know how to get to your own room? No. Same, ditto, same here. I just don't, that's never happened. I but just, I was at, um, I, I did, I, when I was 19, I, um, we'd come back from uh, a weekend racing was rowing crew in Georgetown. And when I came back to my room, my roommate had two middle-aged women in their forties that were um, leadership of the college and trustees that were intoxicated, and uh, they were in our room. But he invited them in. And oh, uh, <laughs> this which, sounds like Animal House. It's a story for another day. But then they asked me to strip <laughs> my clothes off, and you know, it sounds so. like when the uh, the head guy's wife is at the grocery mm -hmm. store. With oh, them. this yeah. was very much like that, John. Very much like that. <laughs> It's something I should write one day. And I, 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 there are people who uh, are still alive that um, probably would not like the story to be told, but um, we're all of the same age, so I might have to just change the names and tell the story sometime. But uh, it was quite Yeah, because the longer you wait, Tim, if you wait for a bad event to happen, for them to not be part of planet Earth, you, you might wait a long time, right? Yeah. I did bring it up to one of the, one of the guys recently, and he just smiled and said, yeah, there's more to that story. I said, yeah. <laughs> And then his wife came up. He goes, I'll tell you later. <laughs> oh, that's great. See, I love this stuff. I really do. <laughs> so, this is the stuff. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Great, it's great. It's why, right, why so, John Hughes did so well with writing movies, right? Yes, because he tapped into this primal kind of post-adolescent, yeah. early young adult thing that, you know, bending the rules, figuring things out, you know. Yeah. God, I just literally saw The Breakfast Club again like five days ago. It's a, such a watchable movie, at least for me, yeah. but I, probably because of the generation. All right, as uh, I teased at the top of the broadcast, um, Shop Talk today looks at 10 things you should almost always buy used. I actually agree with a lot of this list, but some of it I do not emphatically agree with. So I'll kick it off by saying, you know, we live in a society where everything is new, new, new all the time, but things... Right don't necessarily lose their newness. They do psychologically because they move from a store to your home. But, you know, there are things that, that we should be buying used because why not, right? And I'm already doing some of that. The first thing on their list is houses. And at first I thought this was kind of a weird thing to put on a list until they, the bottom line, it says bottom line, an existing home will almost always be more affordable often with almost no trade-offs in terms of quality or usability. That really is a big caveat there. But as anybody knows who's attempted to build a house lately in the last two or three years, it's the cost of the property, the building supplies, labor, 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 and it's two or three years, and there's a punch list, and it's 30% higher than you thought. Whereas you buy a house, you buy a house, and it's going right. to have its stuff in it. But what did you think of this one? No, I agreed. And, you know, I thought of your house, for instance, the quality of your hardwood floors, for instance, they, they, they can't replicate that now, yeah. which they had in the, in the 20s and 30s. 
And so, yes, in many ways, I think buying an existing house will give you a bit more character as well as quality. And so uh, maybe there's a trade-off for the new, new, new newness of it. But I think, uh, I think that was a good one. I agreed with that one. Uh, I think anyone you talk to has built a home. It's usually a third oh. more than they thought, and things aren't Headache. around. Yeah. Headache. Yeah. yeah. The second item was clothes, which I laughed mm-hmm. about because I would never um, – well, once in a while, we would go to thrift stores and pick up something. But Richard um, constantly gets used stuff, uh, polo shirts, eyesight shirts, or whatever. And it says here that good quality clothing, um, if it's properly cared for and made well, will last for decades. So they said unless you're concerned about being on the cutting edge of fashion – um, why not consider buying some used clothes? It's certainly an added value. You can get a great shirt for two bucks, three bucks at a at a store, if um, you know you you were interested in. So they talked about clothes. I think particularly for kids or babies. I've seen it with my nieces. You know, these young kids grow so quick, and you want them to look nice in the greatest clothes. But uh, for a millisecond, yeah. Right. So why yeah. not? Why not? Um, you know, take advantage of. Uh, I agree on the clothes. Buying some used clothing. We have friends who routinely shop the used clothes stores and find incredible stuff, yeah. like vintage penguin shirts and oh, all yeah. that stuff. The next item on their list was jewelry. Um, I have to take their word for it. I'm not a jewelry guy. Um, yeah, I'm not either. And if you, if, if we were women, not not to stereotype, but you know, a lot of women love beautiful jewelry. Um, this would make sense because, like, a diamond's a diamond, an emerald's an emerald. So you're dealing with the only differentiation here might be the setting. Right, the stone weight, the whole bit, but this made a lot of sense to me that you could get a beautiful old ring or necklace or something, and and pay a fraction of the original cost. Yeah, and I I thought I I would have thrown watches in there as well. Yes, completely. But yeah, they, they yeah. didn't mention watches, but I would have thrown that in there. The other one was books, and they said, mm-hmm. can, you know, despite all the digital media and and uh, ways people can consume books now, that the print print books still continue to sell. And uh, people still like to hold a book and, and sit and, uh, and read it. So they said buying books used uh, makes a lot of sense. And also the prices dramatically drop. That's been going on forever, right? Used bookstores. People love to comb used bookstores. I am now buying more hard, like actual, I stopped using Kindle a while ago and I'm preferring the book. Because, you know, when you have a book and I'm preferring used books. So I'll right. have, I have a list of books I want to get and I keep checking when they're and I can get one for 363 plus shipping or something and it's cheaper and it's right. and then I could pass it on to someone else. Why did you stop the Kindle? Um because I found that I could be easily distracted by the electronic book. I could easily put it down. It's a, you know, or if I was reading on my iPad, the Kindle right. app, an uh, email could come in and suddenly so bing, I'm not reading. Bing. Oh, let me see. Yeah. yeah. And I um finished books the book. Above. <laughs> yeah, and there you go. And I finished a paperback that I was carrying back and forth on the train, and I, I just forgot how nice it was to have a physical book that you weren't distracted by other stuff. Uh, this next one was a surprise to me, but it made complete sense that someone would think about it and put it on the list. It was weights. And yeah. they're talking here about like dumbbells and weight bars and stuff like that. Again, completely makes sense because we're talking about things that don't degrade that much. I mean, the only thing you're going to be dealing with is maybe wiping it clean and sanitizing it, like, which is easy because it's all this stuff is usually metal. Right. But it's, I think it's much better to buy it used because who knows how long your little at home gym is going to be up and running. You know, we all have these best of intentions. We go out and spend all this money Yep. and here we are, you know, you might as well buy it used. So I like that one too. Yeah, I like that one as well. The, uh, the other one here, furniture. It says high-quality wood and metal furniture is expensive, mm-hmm. uh, but it also couldn't last for decades unless abused. I'll tell you what, if you'd gone to my yard sale, you could have furnished your, 
living room beautifully for a hundred bucks. The uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I know um, Tim. I know, but, but a lot of uh, a lot of people, you know, if you go to an estate sale or you see a great tag sale or yard sale or something, and you're looking for a, a mirror or a chair, and, and even if it's an upholstered piece of furniture. You like the look of it, you can get it and get it reupholstered and uh, make it new again. So make it new again. Furniture. furniture I still love something. the side chairs you got in Palm Springs. You saved yes, those. Those I are down those. at your house. Yep. Those le- they were perfect 1930s scale yep. furniture, and they fit perfectly in your old living room. Remember how? Yeah. No, they're they great. Great. They're up in the bedroom now. Yeah. So the next one on the list is hand tools. And I've talked to a lot of people who have workshops or who do stuff. This is a no-brainer to them. They could find antique hand tools. They could buy hand tools that are just like 10 or 15 years old. And depending on how well it's been kept, you can get a great bargain without going to like a big box store and buying something brand new. Uh, It might take a little more detective work to track down the used hand tool, but I think it's worth it. Right. The, uh, The seventh one here is cars. Everybody knows cars depreciate as soon as you buy them. However, there's a debate on this, whether if you want a car with some of the newer features that come with the warranties and some of the maintenance that you're not going to get with a used car, um, sometimes people do opt to buy the, buy the new car for that reason, particularly if you're only going to keep it for a couple of years. But it is a simple fact that buying a new car um, is not as efficient as a used car if you're buying a good one. So consider a used car if you know exactly what you want and how long you're going to keep it for and mileage and so forth. Good call. Yeah. Uh, number nine here on the list is CDs and DVDs. Um, I'm 50-50 on this one. I think I only look for a used CD or DVD when I can't find the title right. new. And that's just the way I am. And uh, CDs and DVDs are made of a pretty strong format, or, or the, the digital format lasts for decades if they're taken care of properly. And so I actually have gone out of my way. Like if I can't find something at Deep Discount or CC Video, um, I will actually then go and look for it used, and sometimes I'm lucky to find it. Like I found a movie from a long time ago that I that can only get it like it's a certain format, right. or it might have been a release in a European country, and you have to you have to deal with the subtitles or something. But this makes sense, especially for music buffs. If you can't find something released today, you can go find it, you know, in a used thing. So this is not right. a bad one either. And the final one, number ten, was dishes, which I mm. guess um, we, again at yard sales or estate sales you see dishes. And I, I like the first sentence here. It says it might seem weird to eat off someone else's plates, but that's exactly what you do at restaurants all the time. <laughs> I remember, you know, I had three sets of dishes at my yard you sale, did. and I didn't think yeah. anybody would buy them. And they were just—I thought, man, what a pain in the ass to, to you know, to the cups and the saucers and the bread plate and the dinner plate. And the, all three sold. Yeah, I'm not it, surprised. It, it shocked me, but. Um, so they say, you know, and again, they sold for pennies on the pennies on the dollar. But that uh, dishes, if you uh, have a particular thing you want to want to look for or find, that uh, dishes are a good thing to buy used. Did you save the photos that you took of all, like right before the yes. your tag sale? Yeah, uh, you sent me a couple, and now and then I I find them in my pictures folder, and I'll look at, I'll blow it up, and I'll look at it, and it's it's you. The thing that I love about the pictures of the tag sale in Glenside was it's you. It's yeah, it's, that's funny. I should get that blown up to a picture. Well, because it's it's, <laughs> it's there's Lucy, there's the cock, there's the 1950s cocktails thing, there's the 30s. This it's all it's you. It's your personality. The thing that I saw that I was most upset about was the bar. That little I love that bar. bar, and I had that's in the, one of the pictures too. It was a great yeah, bar. That, I wanted that, so I just we had no room for it here, and um, broke my heart to sell that. But some the woman who bought it was um, 
younger woman and she loved it and i thought okay it's going to a good home but yeah there were a few things like that that i if i had the space i would love to have kept but um just uh you got to move on right change is inevitable unfortunately yeah and we're not wired well we are wired for change but our brains hate it so (laughs) yeah so hey thanks for uh joining us today thank you for uh your work in producing today mr nash uh thanks for all of you for listening thanks to our partner at deep discount right now they've got the golden age of Hollywood sale going on. And uh, we'd pick some great picks this week. I'd picked a 100th anniversary edition of Warner Brothers Looney Tunes complete set. John picked The Stranger and Reefer Madness. And the new release this week is Love Again. So be sure to uh, head over to Deep Discount and uh, be sure to support them because uh, they support us and bring us to you each week. Remember, it's uh, the summer. We've seen this on the roads. The roads are busy. Don't text and drive. Arrive Alive, and we'll see you next time here in The Focus Group. Take care. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.